This is Finding Sparkle, Chasing Light, and I'm your host, Nicole Brianne. Hi, everyone. I hope the start of this new year has been gentle and joyful for you. I realized taking a few weeks to do my first episode in 2023, what? Might seem a little late, especially to be talking about the new year, but I've been processing some of my own things in my personal life, and I really wanted to make sure I didn't add to the new year noise until I felt more clear. I really like to be very intentional about my time, and especially yours, so I'm back, and I'm feeling good, and I hope you are too. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about friendship, identity, and grief, and kind of how all of this weaves into some of my hopes, yes, new word for goals or resolutions, um, my hopes for this year. For several months, I've been processing some changes in one of my closest friendships. It has felt at times so all-consuming, and I have so badly wanted to find a way to talk about it here, but the sacredness of being one of my closest relationships is really special to me, and I never want to do it a disservice by trying to properly convey all the nuances and intricacies of, you know, complex emotions. And I know I have alluded to things here and there, but knowing there's another person involved and someone I care about, I didn't know exactly how to talk about it, and honestly, I still don't. Um, but I figure if this is something I'm going through, then many of you likely are too. And nothing feels more human than sharing something vulnerable while you're in the thick of it. Which is my first hope for this year, putting myself out there more. And one quick housekeeping note, this podcast episode is not intended for me to be trying to share my side of something or to make any person look bad. I'm well aware that both of us have experienced hurt and how I felt is not a reflection of this person who I still love and care about. And I ask that you don't speculate on who it is or say anything to them or anyone as this episode is not meant to shine a spotlight on the person, but rather the common shared experience of heartache around friendship. So first things first, we do not talk about friendship and platonic love enough. Society and culture are built for romantic love. Things are in place for falling in love. We have dating. There are conversations to establish the relationship. Think of every movie you watch. There's marriage. There's legally binding contracts. And when romantic love ends, it is like totally acceptable to be hurt. You know, some people take some time off work. Friends come over with a tub of ice cream and a rom-com. And there's hundreds of albums to listen to, all perfectly orchestrating the exact feelings you have. But what happens when the one who'd normally come over with the tub of ice cream in a movie is the one who's caused the hurt? You know, like where's the Taylor Swift album for that? As well, it feels like there's some sort of taboo on disclosing that you're going through some friendship troubles. And when a romantic relationship ends, there's generally some closure or at least somewhat of a conversation about how the feelings have changed and the romantic contract you shared is over. You understand the intimate part of your relationship has ended 
and you set boundaries around how this all looks moving forward. Now, I realize that to love with any sense of honesty and intensity is an act of vulnerability, and with it comes the risk of hurt. It's actually impossible to be in relationship in any capacity without experiencing heartbreak. It really is a natural part of life to have your heart broken, at least in the romantic sense. We are literally born to know that our hearts will break in life. But there always seems to be some taboo about friendship heartbreak. Generally, your other friends don't check in on you as much. Maybe they don't know how to ask or what to ask. Sometimes they might still be friends with the other person and they don't want to look like they're gossiping or choosing a side. And so you tend to go through this experience, you know, mostly alone. And one of the hardest parts about this friendship pause, yes, that's my new term because I don't know yet if this is a friend breakup. And you know, that just sounds so heartbreaking and finite. Life is long if we're lucky and friendships can ebb and flow over the years. So my new gentle term is calling this a friend pause. Anyway, one of the hardest parts about this friendship pause is that there hasn't really been a conversation saying it's over or that her feelings have changed, but rather there's just been sort of months of subtle hurts, behavioral changes, overanalyzing every detail of texts and something just feeling off. I think a pause is hard for the person initiating the pause and for the person being paused, especially because I don't always think it's obvious when it's happening. Sometimes there's just sort of a series of hurt feelings that lead to it. I was listening to Queen, Brené Brown's podcast, Unlocking Us, and she said, hurt feelings are most often caused by people with whom we have close relationships. When we feel devalued or rejected by the other person, and most behaviors that result in hurt feelings are not intended to be hurtful. They typically involve actions that are, are you ready? Thoughtless, careless, or insensitive. I can absolutely say that looking back, the hurt feelings in my friendship began exactly that way. It was likely some thoughtless comments, some careless lack of other comments or validation, and then some insensitive ones. The struggle then is that in the moment while our feelings are hurt, we see things as intentional. We assume someone is doing that to intentionally hurt us, thus making the hurt heightened even more. I often tell Lucas about intent versus impact, and so often his reasoning and so many other people's reasoning or explanation as to like why they did something is always, well, that was never my intent, to which I always have to say, right, are we thinking about what our intentions are or are we thinking about what our impact is? And for me, whether or not the intent was good or bad, unfortunately, the impact was that I was hurt. I know I've mentioned it before, but I'm a really big believer in the idea of friendship contracts. And what's funny is I googled this to see if this theory is like talked about much anywhere else. Um, and I didn't really find anything, but I did find actual contracts because apparently there's like a culture around some friends signing legitimate contracts to determine like what they'll do when kids sickness and death inevitably happen which I just found wild and also like kind of cool 
But I'm not talking about physical contracts. I'm talking about the unconscious ones we sign when we become friends with someone. So let's go back a bit to the wonderful world of elementary school. You've got your friends, you know, you share your snacks at recess. They're your partner in gym class and life is peachy. That's the contract. Snacks, recess buddy, birthday party invite. But then you grow up and you go to high school and you couldn't possibly predict at nine years old what paths your lives would take. One of you might be into drinking and partying. The other is focused on theater or sports super intensely. And you know, sometimes this causes friendships to organically part. And other times there's enough foundation to sign on to new contracts. Another great example is when two friends meet as newly single friends. They, you know, understand each other. And maybe they are in the like, we don't need a partner phase. They're super social, but what happens when one person gets serious with a new partner? Maybe they aren't going out as much. They haven't like sworn off dating anymore. Sometimes the single friend is quietly envious. And as a side note, I read an article saying that envy is the most common reason friendships end. Anyway, sometimes the single friend is quietly envious of their friend's newfound happiness that it's, it's sometimes just hard to sign a new contract. You know, like what is our friendship if it's not going out on weekends and sharing our wild dating stories? And the quickest or easiest way to make a friend is through a shared experience. Working together, going to school together, being single together, drinking buddies, sports or hobby friends. And while this all may be happening subconsciously, it's often hard to redefine the terms of the friendship contract when that initial bond of the shared experience changes. I watched this happen with Lucas when we first started dating. He had always been the single, easygoing, like down for whatever guy. And for years, he didn't really date anyone seriously. So within his close friend group, that identity remained. He'd even been the third wheel or the fifth wheel or the seventh wheel on like tons of hangouts and even like trips. And most of his friends had been with their partners long enough that the friend group was all amalgamated into one. But when I came into the picture, I obviously brought an entire life with me, you know, my own set of incredible friends, my own community, family, and a dog. And so he had to become a better planner. We had to share our time with his friends, my friends, each other, and some of his friends had a hard time initially. There were even moments, even though they were all couples, that they'd try and invite him without me to concerts saying like they missed the old days, which like really sucked. And it made me cry a lot. Um, I just like didn't understand why they didn't like me when I was like trying so hard. Really, I was trying so hard. It's like when other people feel like someone doesn't like them, they like pull away or give up. I'm the opposite. I like double down. And I try like even harder, which is probably pathetic and probably desperate, but it's just like what my nature is. But yeah, I was trying really hard to be like a cheerleader and a great friend. And as time passed, I started to understand that while Lucas was giving more to me, it resulted in like giving less to them. And I was sort of like the catalyst for that change. So it wasn't even really about me at all. And after how much they'd invested into him and their friendship, it understandably stung. There were like a few very hard conversations and some tears, but ultimately over time, everything was sorted and the friendship has been maybe different ever since, but we're happy to report that new contracts were signed. 
but oh my gosh, growth and change are so hard. So this friend and I had made it through every life change. We'd subconsciously signed new friendship contracts a dozen times over. A piece I read in The Atlantic says three of the most common and dramatic friendship disruptors are moving, divorce, and death. Well, before the age of 30, we had already made it through two of the three. Thank goodness for no major deaths yet, but plus like a million other life changes. We prided ourselves on despite being different in so many ways that we always supported each other and ultimately chose our friendship. And then in 2021, we were about to embark on the most beautiful journey together, motherhood. Surely I've seen like friendship dynamics change when one person becomes a parent, but doing this together could only bring us closer, right? Well, yes, but also unfortunately, no. I didn't have the clarity I do now while it was happening in real time, but it turns out that celebrating our differences is easy until we are going through a life-changing parallel experience together, like at the same time. And it's not necessarily always the easiest experience to be going through. My incessant research in pregnancy and now motherhood and my over-preparedness and desire to know more, to know everything, like, hello, Gemini, to her only seemed to highlight how much she didn't know. And maybe didn't even want to have to think about. And like, sure, we have all seen those TikToks about two different mom friends making totally different choices about like breastfeeding versus formula feeding, cloth diapers versus regular diapers, you know, organic versus pouches and screen, how much screen time and how much help you get, staying home versus daycare, but still choosing the friendship. And I totally thought that would be us. I didn't even leave room for it not to be, honestly, but somehow it wasn't. Different ways of parenting, totally different babies, different approaches in the never-ending pandemic, figuring out our new roles as mothers, having different goals and new dreams. I'm honestly like not even sure how or when it happened, but it sucked. And it has been one of the hardest things I've ever experienced. And this podcast would be so much easier if I was like through the finish line and had a clear ending and I could have the perspective of being able to look back on what happened without the emotions. But I don't because it's actually still happening in real time. All I know is that for months, I felt something being off. And I feel like we're so good at telling ourselves that overanalyzing a change in someone's like texting style doesn't count or like we're just reading into something. I know I really try to assume the best in people and give them the benefit of the doubt, like almost making excuses or reasons for people's actions because I think maybe that felt easier on my heart than accepting that something had really changed, but it definitely had. And instead of pulling back, I did what I said <laughs> earlier, which is like, I tend to double down for approval, like a golden retriever puppy wanting to be loved and that just feels really sad thinking about now and when it came to conversations around motherhood there just was such little love and support in that atlantic article it says 
What makes a friendship so fragile is also exactly what makes it special. You have to continually opt in. That you choose it is what gives it its value. And I guess I felt like she was no longer opting in. At least in regards to motherhood, which was the brunt of our friendship as of late. And remember, just because I felt like or feel like someone wasn't opting in, that doesn't mean that they were or they weren't. Because like I said, this is only my feelings and my truth, which we have to remember is not the whole truth. Anyway, it all kind of came to a head with COVID and a wedding, and there's just been a pause ever since. A pause I never imagined having, but maybe that's been needed because like the anxiety and the heartache around the friendship was consuming so much of my energy. But now that we've been on a pause, I'm realizing how much of my identity was wrapped up in this friendship. I felt like I was more worthy or better by being this person's best friend. Like it was a medal I would wear with pride. And without them, I felt like less of a person, which like isn't true, of course, at least the part about being worthless. But I couldn't, and clearly still can't, seem to accept that this could be happening with the person who's been so publicly by my side through all of life, the keeper of my secrets, the knower of my heart, and like the cheerleader of all my dreams. The friendship that honestly could eat other friendships for breakfast. This couldn't be happening, not to me, not to us. Another hope or lesson I'm taking into this year is letting people be wrong about me. This is a really tough one for me, and there are probably many examples throughout my life that I could give you, but I remember there was a hurtful time where shortly after a conversation myself and this friend had where some important people to her conveniently unfollowed me on social media, which I know sounds so petty. And the only reason I'm mentioning it is because I know you've been there trying to tell yourself like, oh, it's just social media. Like, and as soon as you say it out loud, you feel like a wackadoodle do. You feel cuckoo. And yet it still stings because sometimes you're intuition and your heart just know that you're right and that it just hurts and it's hard to honor that hurt but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt I was really sad even though I don't even really have a relationship with these people on my own outside of my friendship with this person but I remember desperately wanting them to know like my side of the story which was the truth in my eyes and you know if only they knew my heart and my good intentions and the full story surely they'd feel differently but they felt how they felt, and it's okay for them to be wrong about me. But now that we're in a pause, I feel so much less worried about that. It felt like such a big deal at the time, and now it's like really not. The weight has just been lifted, and time really does help heal things. And while it might heal some things, it also allows room for different hurt. The hurt in seeing how the friendship was making me feel bad for so long and realizing you can love a person, but not how they're making you feel. This pause also has meant that, well, maybe I don't have text messages to overanalyze. Sometimes seeing their Instagram stories hurts. On the same day, I was sent a pretty sad message. This friend posted 
a bunch of Instagram stories about launching a podcast with her best friend and be excited for all the amazing things to come in 2023. Isn't it funny and mean how our brains do that to us? We decide that once someone's hurt us, that when they experience joy, or especially with someone else, that suddenly they are posting it to make us sad, or doing it to spite us, when they are likely not even thinking about us at all. And even if they are, maybe they are fabricating joy, which is just a coping mechanism to help them feel better about themselves or their own hurt. Plus, it's not like I own podcasts, and I'm sure theirs will be amazing because they are awesome, but it's okay to also hold space for that timing really hurting my feelings. But one thing I always try and remember is that everyone's doing their best within their means. That always takes a weight off my chest when I remember that. It doesn't mean I can't have feelings, because I do. And there are so many other feelings, and lots of grief, Grieving the person and who they once were, grieving the relationship, grieving all the times something reminds me of them. And I pick up my phone only to put it back down. Grieving that feeling of being known so deeply, grieving the past. Who will know me? Who will know my stories? Grieving the future. I'm grieving all the times I put myself out there, desperate for some sort of approval only to feel sort of embarrassed now or silly. I'm grieving all the times I've reached out, not realizing it was a pause. But in this grief, I have to remind myself of my favorite Jamie Anderson quote. This quote literally got me through my divorce, and it's, it will help me no matter what the outcome of this friendship is. Grief is just love with no place to go. Oof, ain't that the truth? I don't know exactly what the future holds, and I'm starting to slowly feel comfortable with anything. I'm still me without this person, and my value and worth doesn't change, even if I feel like a failure sometimes. And hopefully, if we're able to make it through the inevitable awkward or difficult rebuilding, it will be from an even healthier place. Stephen Colbert said it best in Anderson Cooper's podcast, All There Is, which if you haven't listened to, I highly recommend. But he said, it's a gift to exist. And with existence comes suffering. If you're grateful for your life, then you have to be grateful for all of it. Grief teaches us what it means to be human. How lucky am I to have experienced this great love for 25 years? To hurt this much only means that I've loved that much too. I hope this podcast helped you feel less alone. If you're listening and you know one of your friends is going through something like this, please ask them about it. Even if you're still friends with the other person. Let's break the taboo of talking about friendship breakups, friend pauses, friend hurt. Because the only thing worse than going through a friendship breakup or a friend pause is having your other friends shy away from talking about it, leaving you feeling completely alone. My friends have been there for me through this, but one of the most common messages I got was that when they went through the very obvious friend breakup or friend pause, that none of their other friends asked them about it. So 
I thought I would send out that reminder as well that it's better to say something awkward or the wrong thing than to say nothing at all. You're just showing up. I am so grateful to all of you who have stuck by me as I ebb and flow through making this podcast. I hope that this episode resonated with you and if there was something in it that touched you or made you feel something, I would be so beyond appreciative if you were to share it on your social media, if you could send to people in your life. The more I can get this thing going, the better. And it just means so much to me when I put so much of myself into this. Please continue to hang out on Instagram throughout the week. I'm over at at Nicole Brienne and at Finding Sparkle Chasing Light. And that's our show. Remember, you can only meet someone as deep as you've met yourself. Thanks so much. 